Alrighty, we are back with your favorite podcast show of the week. This is Location Weekly, and it's episode number 472. Uh, we're recording live on the morning of July the 7th. Aubrey, Anna, how are you? Nice hat. I'm doing pretty good. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on vacation, so uh, this is what you get. I was actually going to head to play tennis in a little bit, but um, yeah, I'm doing good. I'm enjoying some family time and... Uh, you know, we're vacationing in the new normal with, you know, the beach and face masks and, you know, very uh, regimented pool hours and, you know, social distancing and trying to make sure you tell your kids like, sorry, you can't play with other kids. But, um, you know, we are healthy and happy and continue to be grateful. So how are you doing? I'm doing well. It's it's been a, a busy busy time. The weather is fantastic, so trying to kind of stay out and, and enjoy that. But uh, yeah, business is 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 good right now. Uh, on my new startup, you, you you just mentioned face masks. So actually, just finished a press interview because here in Toronto, as of today, July seventh, uh, and the surrounding cities, face masks are now mandatory in all public spaces, uh, every store, every business. Um, indoors um that, that's a requirement and, and at ground level uh we have some technology as you know uh that can help monitor capacity and face mask compliance and things like that so um yeah so kind of excited to see where that goes um and you know kind of the demand that comes from that so you're famous again asif <laughs> i don't know about that but uh yeah <laughs> it's, it's certainly uh hopefully a, a boon for uh, for the business so Anyhow, uh, we've got a good show for you uh, this week. Uh, we've got, uh, we're going to kick off with a, a discussion about a major uh, change in our industry. Uh, and then we'll uh, kind of go over to an announcement from one of our member companies. Uh, and then we have a guest this week in, in our members at home series. And we'll come back with one final story as well. So pack show, uh, I'll let Abriana kick it off as per usual. Yeah, I mean, I think we just wanted to really talk about what this new Apple announcement with the, um, you know, really what's going to happen when they update the operating system, Apple. Um, in September, all of the IDFAs will be automatically shut off. And if you don't know what IDFA is, it's a mobile identifier specifically tied to your phone. Um, and this helps advertisers to better understand your, you know, consumer behaviors from an audience perspective, not usually from a creepy perspective. Um, it also helps the developers create more of a personalized experience with, you know, you from an, you know, an app perspective. Um, and so now Apple, of course, is touting this change and tying it to more of a privacy centric um, approach as, you know, the whole industry has been trying to be more privacy sensitive for consumers. Um, but this move has a lot of implications. Now, just to like kind of cover all of the, uh, you know, the details about this is that they're not getting rid of IDFA. What's happening is that your IDFA will automatically be turned off. So right now you have the ability to turn ad tracking or limit ad tracking, but now you'll be able to completely turn off your IDFA so that a, an app developer would not be able to see, you know, that it's you specifically or what device this is coming from. Um, and so that you will be able to turn it back on and it'll be on an app by app basis that you can choose to do this and share your IDFA with them. Um, I think that this is probably going to go a few different ways. I think that in order for developers to be able to continue to share a personalized experience with you, they need to know who you are. 
Um, and I think that also you're not going to want to probably like log in every time and things of that nature, you know, when you want to use an app. So perhaps there are some ways around it for app developers, but I'm not sure exactly how that's going to pan out. Um, some industry, you know, friends and experts say that they're expecting the new opt-in rate to be roughly, you know, anywhere between three and 7%. So this is a drastic decrease. This is going to affect, um, this is going to affect all of the DSPs, you know, that sell advertising, um, any type of mobile advertising. This is going to directly impact uh, all the publishers who make money off of advertising and personalize and target that advertising. And it's also going to directly impact a lot of the data sellers. So those who aggregate this data, who repackage, resell it, create audiences off of it, um, including, you know, large companies like LiveRamp and all of these identity graph providers. So this is going to just impact a huge, you know, we're talking about probably $100 billion worth of industry that this change will directly impact. And we'll probably see Google follow suit, you know, at some point as well. Of course, touting privacy. We can get to the other part about the business in a minute, but why don't you give me your feedback first? Yeah, I, I think it's it's a major uh, you know sort of change and, and impact on the industry as you as you've just pointed out. I, there's no question about it. I think um, you know in the short term, um, some of these uh, publishing companies and some of these uh, ad networks uh, you know will survive on you know um, these Google you know portion of the of the industry. Um, but the reality is, is that you know, I think it, it'll all come into this type of uh, environment, uh, you know, before long. Meaning that, um, you know, these, as we've always said, these app companies, um, the app uh, providers themselves, have to do a better job of articulating value proposition to the end user um, of why they need this data, why they need that turned on, um, and so on, and and, and so. You know, you have to clearly articulate that and, and it has to be a value exchange. It cannot be a one way, you know, hey, we're just taking data and we're monetizing that data. And I think it will move the industry to, you know, uh, you know, a state that we've been uh, talking about for a long time, which is, you know, this idea that consumers are waking up, um, they're realizing their data has value, they want to participate in the, uh, you know, the monetization of their data. And, and they want to, you know, be compensated for it. And and so, I think you know we're going to see an acceleration towards that. I think the Apple's decision to kind of move um, off of this uh, IDFA uh, into a more privacy-centric uh, framework. I know they've got um, they're calling it the SK, SK Ad Network um, framework or SCAD, network, um, you know, in terms of this new uh, privacy. Uh, based uh, approach. But the reality is from a location based uh, perspective, you know, if you're using Uber, you're still going to use Uber and they're still going to need that data. If you're using Waze, they're still going to, you know, you know, need that data, um, and, you know, and that that turned on in order to power that. So I think it's on the onus remains as it always has uh, on the app companies to articulate the value proposition and better yet to find a way to you know, uh, help the consumer actually participate in monetization of that data. Yeah, I mean, I think the, the hardest part is that there's, um, you know, I, I think that Apple always, I think Apple does try to do a good job of, of putting consumer privacy at the forefront. But I also think that this is a big, big 
business play for them, right? So they control this environment. They get to say what works and what doesn't um, through their, you know, operating system. And I think that this is really just a big play for them to take over and, you know, make a huge push for a, a lot of money that's being allocated to other businesses right now. Um, I do, like I said, you know, we talked about Google last week, you know, with the, um, the location sharing and erasing that. And, you know, of course they're trying to make this play for, you know, consumer privacy. Again, I would expect Google may or may not decide to do the same thing with their, um, mobile identifiers. Um, we've also obviously you know, can see that cookies are going away. So that's changing the ecosystem. So I think the challenge is, is that, you know, you're going to see these bigger companies continue to monopolize everything, right? Um, and that's just not the way that an industry should ever work because then there's not really a lot of options. Um, and from a consumer perspective, if they have everything um, of yours, then really what privacy do you have? They know everything about you. Um, so I think that breaking it up and spreading it around in a, in a advertising, you know, universe makes more sense. I just don't know what that's going to look like long-term. I think that it's going to ultimately come down to consumers also understanding that they're not, it's not like you're not sharing your data anymore. It's just that now you're only sharing it with Apple or with Google. Um, so, you know, I think from that perspective, we need to figure out what is a better long-term solution because at the end of the day, you and I, we still want personalized advertising. If we have to see ads, which we do, because that's what pays for all of these free services, free services that we use, yes. whether it be social media or reading the news or anything like that. I mean, you are in order to, it is a value exchange, right? So I need to give up something of myself in order to read that for free, or I can subscribe and it is what it is. Then my first party data is belonging to that publisher and that's it. Um, but I think that, you know, we've got to do better. I just don't know that anybody knows exactly what that better is going to be yet. But I do believe that there's a bunch of companies that are, you know, big companies. You've got to think about how this might impact companies like Media Math and Trade Desk and Xander. And, you know, you're talking about companies with deep pockets and I don't think they're just going to roll over and die. They're going to figure out a, another way to um, attack this. Um, and I do think there's a great opportunity. We talked about this before to put the, put, to put the, um, put it back in the consumer's hand, right? Like, what do I want to share when and how? And, you know, like, what am I willing to give up about myself? Can I tell you my preferences, what I'm in the market for, what I'm not in the market for, all yeah. of those things. And, you know, between all of the people and all of the companies that are buying this data for advertising purposes, as long as I know what that's being used for, then, you know, if you give me $25 a month, there's probably a lot of information I'm willing to share. Right. So I think this goes back to that. It's just about who's going to be able to implement that and have mass adoption. Yeah, I'm completely in alignment there. And, and, and also in terms of uh, there are a bunch of companies that won't survive this and there's lots that will. Uh, it's not in a lot of ways. It, it's it, it's I, I would say even uh, on a bigger scale uh, than you know GDPR coming into effect um, and, and the impact that had in our on our industry you know, not too long ago, right? Some companies did not survive it. Some companies had to exit Europe, you know, completely uh, and so on. Um, and I think this this is sort of the next wave, um, you know, that will again, you know, shake out the industry. And unfortunately, I, I, I'm with you. I think it means the big guys, the, the deep pockets guys are the ones that are gonna be able to adapt and survive. Uh, and a lot of the smaller, medium-sized players won't. And 
Um, but I do, th I, I do think, you know, uh, any change creates innovation and creates, uh, um, you know, opportunity. And so, um, you know, look at COVID, look how many businesses right now are accelerating technology deployments, whether it's face mask compliance technology like us, or, you know, contactless payment technologies or whatever that are now becoming mainstream driven by COVID, right? Mm -hmm. uh, that weren't before. So, yeah. Lots, lots to to sort of analyze and watch over the over the coming months. So For there sure. you go. All right, uh, moving on to our second story, which is more of uh, just a, an announcement that I wanted to highlight. So one of our longtime member companies, Blue Dot, uh, which is a, a geofencing location data company, um, originally out of uh, Australia, headquartered now in San Francisco. Uh, Emil and Philippe, uh, the two uh, two founders there. These guys have been. Um, powering a lot of uh, restaurant industry companies lately, Dunkin', KFC, McDonald's, uh, with their uh, location SDK. Um, and uh, they just announced uh, a Series B uh, funding round of $9.1 million um, to kind of fuel growth and expansion and, and further investments. Um, so uh, yeah, I just you know wanted to highlight that, that uh, you know, here's some good news uh, coming out of our industry. Uh, and one of the leads on the round is a group called Autotech Ventures, as well as part participation in the round from Transurban, which is one of their biggest customers. They're uh, the company that runs the toll highway system in Australia, across the country, uh, using the Blue Dot technology to measure uh, uh, exit and entry onto the toll highway system, as well as uh, investment from uh, Forefront Ventures, IAG, Firemark uh, Ventures, and Mighty Capital. Um, so, you know, lots of groups coming together there just to, to get behind Blue Dot. And uh, just congrats to Emil and Philippe. And uh, um, we're going to try and have them on the show next week to kind of talk about it in person. But um, just wanted to say congrats. Yeah, that's awesome. Super excited for them. I mean, they've been in, I mean, they've been participating in LBMA events and uh, we've known them for many years, and so it's exciting to see their continued growth. I love their technology. You know, um, I've believed in it since day one. They have a, a really cool, um, like, testing app that you can even download and kind of see all the different features and capabilities that their technology stack has. So um, I'm excited for them. And I, I think it's really cool how they started out maybe with one sort of a concept and how that's grown over time and really um, spread out through different verticals and just the ones that you mentioned uh, and, and how some of their investors are are in, you know, more than just retail is really, really cool to see. Yeah, it's interesting because like they, they, they did start out sort of in that finance and transportation and sort of utilities world and and then sort of really found their their traction, you know, uh, and their their growth of late in, in retail restaurants. Uh, you know, those types of things. And I think a lot of it too being driven off of um, sort of the, the movement towards, uh, you know, uh, takeout and ordering online and, and uh, you know, delivery and all those kinds of things, you know, that are being powered by a lot of the, the apps that we're seeing uh, right now. So, yeah, so congrats to Blue Dot. All right, um, before we go to our final story for this week, we do have a guest uh, in our Members at Home series, a well-known uh, gentleman in the LBMA community. His name is Scott McNulty, uh, and he's the head of business development or director of business development, I should say, at a company called Rio SEO, which is based in uh, San Diego. 
Um, and of course, as their name implies, they're one of the, the big players in uh, SEO, SEM, uh, reputation management, all those types of things. So obviously location and search, uh, you know, those things are go hand in hand. And Scott uh, is, is one of the guys in the industry who's making that happen for a lot of interesting brands uh, right now. So uh, here he is, Scott McNulty, Director of Business Development from Rio SC, SEO. Sorry. All right, very excited this week because we have a longtime friend, partner, part of the LVMA community here. All right, very excited this week because we have a longtime friend, partner, part of the LVMA community here, Scott McNulty. He's the Director of Business Development at uh, Rio SEO. Scott, welcome to Location Weekly. How are you? Hey, good to see you. It's good to connect with you, my friend. Even though it's uh, via video, it's always good to say hello. Yeah, yeah. And Scott's been uh, a huge part of the LBMA over the years, speaker at many retail local conferences, heading up the, uh, the local SoCal chapter of the LBMA. Uh, very, very involved and very active. So we've been doing this uh, series for a number of weeks now, you know, while we've all been on, on COVID time. Um, we, we call it members at home, Scott, and basically just chatting with people in their home offices and trying to, you know, what's that been like for you? How has it changed the way you work? I mean, you're a guy like me that typically traveled a lot. Um, yeah. What's going on now? Oh, man. I, a uh, couple things. One, I'm fortunate to, uh, if I just look over my right shoulder, I can see the ocean. Um, I'm just three blocks from the beach. So working from home hasn't been too much of a hazard for me. Uh, most of my career in sales, I've had the opportunity to work from home. So I've been able to build that, uh, that level of commitment to doing your job while you're at home. Um, we're a very close knit team in the office in San Diego. So I do miss the interaction I have with my fellow teammates on the Rio side. Um, we, we collaborate a lot. Um, there's a lot of collaboration that goes on between all of the teams and um, I miss that part of it. But so far working from home, other than having my, uh, my fiance who works downstairs in the office, um, kind of bumping into each other. It's, it's been an okay experience. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, from, from a technology kind of connectivity, staying in touch with work, with colleagues and keeping up with, with work and whatnot, are there any new tools that you're using that you weren't using before, um, this all happened? Yeah. Uh, we switched to Slack about a year and a half ago, and that has been very productive for us as a team. Um, again, different channels, different ways to coordinate team meetings. Um, from a sales side, which is the part of the team that I'm on, there hasn't been a lot of change for us. We did move to using utilizing um, uh, utilizing Zoom a bit more. It's given us freed us up a little bit more than our previous platform. Uh, but uh, we as a team continue to meet um, once a week doing a video call making sure we're all checking in with each other and, and sharing funny stories, which I uh, was one of those who might have had the camera on accidentally. So um, just make sure that that little green button up there isn't on. Let's just say that. There you go. Cool. Um, yeah. So what, what do you miss the most about kind of pre-COVID life right now then? Uh, the interaction with our team. Um, we have a great, uh, the sales team on the Rio side is a fantastic group of people. 
Um, we all like each other. Um, we're, we're very team oriented. Um, there isn't a level of competition that pits one against the other. And so I miss that part of it a lot. Um, I enjoy the people that I work with. And so that's probably the most I miss about it. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, so let's shift over now to, to the business aspects of things, you know, from a real point of view, for, first of all, just maybe quick elevator pitch, like for those who maybe don't know, I'm sure there's not too many, but you know, who, who is Rio SEO? What do you guys do? Yeah, we're a SaaS platform that helps enterprise brands manage their location data across the search ecosystem. So whether that's name, address, phone number, or local pages and a locator and finder, local reviews, the ability to manage what's being said about your brand across this entire search ecosystem in one platform is really what we focus on helping enterprise brands do that on a day-to-day -day basis. Right. And are you finding that from, you know, the business perspective, are you guys um, in growth mode in trying to, you know, stabilize and, and stay where you were mode? Or are you in a declining mode? Are you in a, you know, acquisition mode? Like, you know, how, how has yeah. COVID impacted the business in terms of you know, the way you interact with clients or, you know, trying to go after new business, those types of things? Great question. Um, there's a couple parts to that. We are definitely in a growth mode because our software, um, again, we focus on enterprise brands only. So we don't have a system that works with SMBs and there's plenty of companies that do and they certainly need the help. Our system is designed to help brands at scale. So something that has more than 30 locations. So um, what we've experienced since March 1st and the stay home order here in the US and in Canada to where we are today um, and different demonstrations that spread across the US, many, many of our brands were utilizing our platform to make real-time updates to those location data. Are they open? Are they not open? Are they closed? Are they not closed? Are the hours updated? Are they temporary closed? So we've been able to um, really step up and help our brands manage the craziness that was the last four or five months as it relates to making sure their consumers were informed about those locations. Um, so for us, we've been in a growth mode that way. From a new business perspective, what we have decided to do as a brand is educate people. Um, we have a fantastic team and we have utilized the opportunity. I don't know if you know or anyone else that might be listening knows, but we have one of only 18 what Google calls gold product experts in the world. Um, Crystal Tang's on our team. She, when you look at those gold product experts, many of them are on the SMB side, but Crystal is very, very focused and involved in the Google sphere around enterprise. So we have had the great fortune of utilizing her experience within the Google sphere and educating consumers or, or brands about the different changes that are happening, the different changes with reviews. Are you allowed or are you not allowed to answer? Um, Google posts, opening up those related to COVID, all the different things that we're seeing and the data that we're pulling in we have decided as a company to educate those brands to help them through this. Uh, and that's kind of how we've managed to continue to grow. That's great. Yeah. And I, and I think it, it's so important to kind of get uh, in particular with your current customer base to kind of really, you know, sort of uh, it's all hands on deck, right? Like how, you know, how can we help one another? One thing that, that we've seen here, like even, even with my new startup ground level insights, um, you know, with mobile location data is businesses across the board are, are struggling in terms of, 
you know, uh, getting the traffic back that they were used to on the restaurants or the retail side. It's, it's nowhere near, you know, close to 100%. It, it's down across the board. But one of the things that we're seeing is, is this ability where, uh, you know, one particular business or category of business that might be complementary to another category of business by understanding that there's, you know, cust you know, common customers that, you know, like both sets of products and being able to work together to kind of cross promote or find ways to, you know, sort of uh, cross sell each other's products. They're able to actually lift the traffic, you know, together. And so all the boats rise at the same time. Um, and, and that's, that's, it's all hands on deck. And, and so we're all in this together kind of thing right now. And I think we're seeing that with so many companies. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, and, and what we've decided to do and from a sales perspective is really kind of follow that path that you're talking about. And that's help people understand what's going on so that maybe they can make better choices that relates to their businesses. So that's been our focus. Yeah. Last question for you then. Like, what, where, where do you see kind of things going coming out of this? Like, what's what's next for for you for Rio? Um, you know, let's say in the in, if you just look even just to the fall, maybe. Um, a continued growth of adding new clients that recognize that when you have thirty to a thousand locations, how difficult it is to to make these changes on the fly and in near real time without somebody helping you is where we're going to keep focusing. Um, we're seeing a lot of buzz around SEO and how important that is right now as different brands that sell different things, maybe turning to more e-commerce versus in-store or supplementing the lack of those store visits with e-commerce and what changes can they make in their profiles and their presence that lets consumers recognize or see that and take advantage of that. Um, and just kind of keep steering the boat forward. I, I think we're going to have a great 2020 and I'm really looking forward to 2021. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, I, I'm with, I'm with you on that, uh, sort of move to e-commerce. I think, you know, we, we've, we've seen all kinds of announcements already about, you know, a number of retailers, you know, filing for bankruptcy or you know, closing lots of, uh, of physical locations or whatever the case might be, you know, but, but ramping up their e-commerce spend. So I think, I think, you know, you guys are in a good position to kind of help service both aspects of that. Um, and so, yeah, just, you know, thank you for taking time out of your, your busy schedule and your day. I really appreciate it. It's great to see you. Um, it's been see you, way friend. too long. Um, and uh, yeah. yeah, just good luck to you and good luck to uh, all the whole team over there at, uh, at Rio SEO. So appreciate it. Yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, lifting the glass next time we get together, my friend. See you soon. Will do. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Cheers. Thanks, Scott. Really appreciate you taking time uh, out of your uh, daily surfing and everything else that, uh, that you do out there uh, in the fantastic uh, San Diego area. But uh, we, uh, we really appreciate it. We, uh, and especially all you, you've done for the LBMA over these years in the local chapter there. So thank you uh, and uh, good to see you. All right. All right. Story. Yeah. Yes. So we'll, we'll leave on a lighter note, and this is kind of a fun story here. So um, I'm sure as many of you, I follow a social media, they call him a social media star called the Fat Jewish. Um, his real name is Josh Ostrovsky. Um, but recently I, I came across this uh, really fun thing that he had put together and he launched a manicure truck in New York um, so patrons could safely get a manicure. I don't know. Um, probably like me, you have not had a manicure or pedicure in many months, um, as is in New York. Obviously, the salons have been closed since March, and they, I think if 
phase three happened as planned. It just opened yesterday um, where the, the nail salons could open. But even then, as we've been talking about, I think that we're going to see a change in behavior. People are not necessarily ready to rush out and uh, go to the nail salon. Um, but he did this one-time event in Brooklyn um, in Williamsburg, part of Brooklyn, and customers loved it so much they plan on doing it again. But basically, it was like imagine a food truck, but it was a manicure truck. And nail technicians are behind this plexiglass, and they're dressed in masks and protective gear. And you stick your hands through the holes, and they give you a manicure. So this was a free um, kind of a a pop up that he did more uh, to promote his wine line. It's canned wine called Babe, which was actually bought by Anheuser Busch in Bev last year. Um, so you could get your, you know, the, your fingernails painted for free, but it was the colors of the uh, the Babe line, which are pink, blue, or red. Um, and so they want to be expanding to pedicures. You know, he's had some fun with this. You know, saying, "I know all of you, your feet look awful right now," which I am sure that you know, my home pedicures are just not doing my feet justice. And uh, I am terrible at painting my fingernails. So I really wish we could get this uh, nail truck down by me. I think this is an awesome idea. I think that, um, you know, this, these are the, the advancements that sometimes, you know, horrible situations and pandemics cause us to change, right? We change our behavior, what's interesting to us and what we come up with creatively as far as providing services as always, you know, pushed and challenged. And so I love stories like this and seeing somebody have a little fun um, while, you know, doing some promotion um, for their other brands as well. So I think this is really cool. Check out the fat Jewish. Um, and maybe he will, if you're in New York, maybe he'll be in a, you know, an area near you and you, you can get your nails did. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's super fun. I think it's, it's, it's very creative. It's a, you know, um, you know, sort of born out of, you know, the situation obviously. And, you know, it, it, when I see stuff like this, you know, it, it's, um, it puts a smile on my face because it means that somebody's out there trying to find a way to not just make a buck, but to, to, you know, create a, you know, something unique for their brand, uh, to, to kind of bring something to people that can create happiness for them, you know, um, you know, and, and, and obviously there's, you know, people, there's a certain segment of the population that are just can't wait to get their manicure. Right. And, and so if you can kind of bring it to them and, and deliver it to them in, in a way that's safe, uh, and protected, um, you know, I, I think why not? And, you know, we had, um, I don't know if you have something like this, Aubriana, but ever since I was a, a kid growing up in, you know, we've moved a couple houses over the years, but, um, the, uh, there was always a guy, um, typically a, a really, you know, an older gentleman who had a truck, uh, that would come around and ring a bell and go to every street in our neighborhood. Um, and what this truck did was, is basically it's a, it's a, it's a sharpening truck. So basically, you know, he'd come around and if you need to get your lawnmower blade sharpened or your knives sharpened or your garden shears sharpened or whatever, this guy would come around and, and do that. And um, I hadn't seen one of these for a number of years. And then last week, there was one on our street. And I'm like, this is like a, my childhood coming back to me of like, you know, this, this sharpening guy. Um, and, but, but the point is, is that I think like, th there's something that's, that's been around a long, long time in, in, my, in my world here. And yet it's still so relevant today. It's still so needed today. Um, 
And yet it's like, you think about that and it's like nostalgic and old school, but you know, sort of this idea of, of COVID is, is, is creating this opportunity to kind of uh, bring us back to, um, you know, our local setting, our local community, you know, things being done locally, like the milkman delivering milk, you know, to your house, you know, and, and those kinds of things, right? Um, and I, I was reading some other stories about sort of uh, innovations that COVID's creating in, in home design and layouts of floor plans and how those things will change and how, you know, when they when they build a bathroom in a new house, all the taps will be contactless and all the, you know, whatever. Uh, it, it's, it's driving innovation and at the same time reinventing old models, uh, you know, around this. You know, they're talking about every house now will have, a, you know, a, a secure box at the front for Amazon deliveries and these kinds of things built in, you know, mm -hmm. it's just part of the, you know, what they built. Um, because I and, and that's what we had, you know, 50 years ago with a milk box sitting there, right? It wasn't secure, yep. but it was there. So yeah, I, I love this kind of stuff. So I really, really, uh, you know, cool way to kind of bring something to people that they need. Yeah, I mean, 100% what's old is new. We're just figuring out new ways to deliver that, I think. You know, I always, I love when we, um, you know, get, get to visit my, my husband's grandmother in Dominican Republic and you know, every day they have the vegetable truck that drives by. You have the shoe repair that comes and sits there in your front yard and fixes shoes if you need that done. And the sugar king guy, you know, like they have these people that are their regular community people that are there. And we always talk about like, how can we bring that here? Because there's such a demand for it. You know, Instacart is great, right? But that local level of things is really important. And I know even like our local community has a, now they have a drive through local uh, farmers market so you can order online and then you just drive through and they give you the things that you've purchased so you can support your community you can buy local and it's all right there so it is it's all about delivering these types of conveniences um, with you know with safety obviously but you know the things that are right there in our own community we should definitely be supporting and growing um, and not always you know having to shop with the uh, the enterprise level so I think this is awesome yeah, so there you go. So that's our show for this week. Uh, uh, obviously, an interesting discussion about a major change in our industry with Apple um, kind of changing the way they handle the IDFA. Uh, Blue Dot raising $9.1 uh, a great interview with our friend Scott McNulty, and, of course, uh, the fat uh, Jewish um, talking to us about bringing mobile manicure trucks into New York. So uh, thank you for listening and watching. It's been episode number 472 of Location Weekly. Um, our contact information, if you're watching the video, is at the end of, of the show. Uh, otherwise, we're easily found on all the social channels. Please like, you know, feedback, you know, all those things. Uh, we appreciate it. Uh, and we'll be back next week, of course, with yet another show. Thank you, Abriana. Thank you, everyone. See you soon. Bye. Bye.